0: Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media, where we bring you actionable advice to help you grow your business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, VP of Marketing here at Reminder Media, and with me is Luke Acri, president of Reminder Media. What's up, everybody? And today our guest is Dean Thurman. He is one of the co-founders of White Glove Workshops, a digital marketing company that specializes in educational seminar planning Love this business model. We're going to get into it a lot more. If you're a subscriber to our newsletters or any of our email, you may remember we did a webinar back in June, uh, Luke did, with White Glove. Uh, It was really, really good, and we're going to dig into a lot of that today here on the podcast. Dean is also the co-owner, along with Mike Thurman, of InvestWise Financial, a financial firm with half a billion in assets under management. In his role at White Glove, Dean consults and leads the team by drawing from the more than 25 years experience the team has spent growing their financial planning business through educational seminars. He also provides guidance and direction on how to grow your business and effectively plan and digitally market White Glove Workshop client seminars. Dean Thurman, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. And great job with the uh, intro there, Josh. That's a lot to remember.
2: <laughs> well, you're a pretty was impressive guy. Was Dean. all memory. Yeah. Guys,
1: Dean, I'm, I'm really <laughs> thankful that
2: he's on the podcast. I've gotten to know... Dean, over the last, I guess, so many months uh, since we did the webinar with them. And I have to say this, and hopefully it doesn't make you blush a little bit, man, but I've been blown away. The main thing I've been blown away about you guys is we always talk on our podcast about, you know, you should always try to add value before you take And this guy right here, in every interaction that I've had with White Glove, every interaction that I've had with Dean and Mike and them over there, it's always been about how can I give I mean, he just set up a really awesome meeting. I'm not going to go into the details of the meeting, but it was an awesome meeting for all of us as a company, huge opportunities. And he's just giving, just throwing that out into the universe. And I think that's why he has half a billion dollars in management, (laughs) because, you know, you made I think you made the comment when I last was with you, man, out in San Diego, where you said you've never really asked for a referral meaning like the referrals have just come your way. And it's not that, I would say, it's not that you're not asking, it's your aura, your persona, you're triggering the reciprocity effect. People just want to give back to you. Because I find myself, Andrew and I, when we were on the plane ride home, we're talking about it, that just how incredible you know, you guys are in the sense of how just you give, you just give, give, and give in hopes that obviously it returns, but it doesn't even feel like even if it didn't return, you feel like you just go about your merry way and you'd be fine. So it's a huge just compliment to you there. Um, And that's why I think it's... thank you. What
1: you don't know, it actually stems from total insecurity (laughs) and it keeps from rejection away from... uh, if I asked for a phone, you told no. So I just give. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got about it again. And uh, I read a great book called The Go Giver that uh, that is actually something that I follow uh, pretty closely. I'm gonna have to write that down. Like, that
2: the Go Giver. I'm an avid reader, and I I haven't heard of that book, so I'm gonna have to write that down for myself. The Go Giver. You said. That's it. Awesome. So you know, I think it's exciting to have you on the the podcast because you're an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur massively successful, not only in the financial industry, but now with White Glove. White Glove has just exploded over three years. It's so incredible, the story there. Um, But what I really like about having you on is you have the right philosophy, which is the giving philosophy first instead of the taking philosophy. But you also, you know how to generate leads, for your business? Because our our audience is always so interested in, you know, how do I generate leads? If I'm a financial advisor and I wake up today, how do I generate leads? And I think that's really where White Glove grew out of was how you built your financial book. But if you could just take like, you know, a couple minutes, introduce yourself to our audience, tell them your backstory of, you know, how did you get into financial advising and then kind of lead us up all the way to the today of starting White Glove Workshops and all that. But if you could kind of introduce yourself to the audience and tell them your story.
1: Sure. Sure. That's uh, one of my favorite subjects is to talk about myself. (laughs) I'll tell you what, uh, 51 years old and uh, such a, uh, as a serial entrepreneur, as you, uh, as you stated, correctly stated, um, there is a lot of highs and lows in the last 28 years since I became a financial advisor, Uh, graduated college. From uh, Central Michigan University, Uh, we call it the Harvard of the Mac, um, (laughs) with a finance major and uh, uh, business degree. Um, I quickly found out, uh, as I graduated, like I said, in 1989, became licensed in 1990, right when uh, Desert Shield was turning into Desert Storm and our country went into a really nasty recession. uh, The stock market was also plummeting. And uh, it was a really, really tough time, which is, of course, like all tough times, really a a blessing in disguise, because that's where you really learn to be scrappy and grow and and, uh, uh, take chances. Oh, great point. Really, you have nothing to lose at that point, you know? Um, So you really find out what you're made made of. And uh, I quickly realized uh, as a financial advisor, and by the way, I got hired by a firm initially that had no training, pretty much would hire anybody had well over a 90% uh, fail rate. Um, They would literally say, if you have a car to drive to people's houses and a pen, uh, we'll hire you. um, So you can sign the (laughs) app. And so I said, hey, I I can do that. Now my car was a 1984 Sam missing a muffler and (laughs) a really nasty vehicle. Um, But uh, I qualified. I also had a pen. And uh, things were very, very difficult for a few years. And I quickly learned that uh, I wasn't really a financial advisor at all. Um, in fact, most um, doesn't really matter if you're a, a lawyer, a dentist, um, a financial advisor, mar- mortgage broker, pretty much any service professional. Um, you have to be a marketer first. Mm. Everything else is almost meaningless. Uh, you can be the top, you know, smartest, uh, most cunning, friendly, um, ethical, let's say real estate, uh, sales professional or financial advisor in the, uh, in, in your town. But if you don't have a lobby full of people or if you don't have your phone ringing, um, what good is it? You're going to fail out of the business. Yeah. So pretty much any service professional absolutely, um, needs to be a marketer first and then they can, uh, then they can provide the service. Uh, that, that drives their passion and ultimately their paycheck. So that was, uh, let's see, that gets us past year one. So year two. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, I, uh, I was working that job as well as, uh, selling wallpaper and blinds over the telephone. Um, in the evenings, uh, my wife was making $5.25 an hour, uh, working at, at, uh, a kinder care, a child care center. Um, I would drive about 25 miles each way, uh, go to the library, make copies of uh, of a reverse phone book called a brassers guide, make phone uh, cold calls. So it was very, very uh, scrappy time for me. Uh, but again, there was nothing to lose. And any entrepreneurs out there, I'll tell you right now, there's never a good time uh, to start your business and take mm-hmm. a risk. Uh, but the least bad time in your life is when you have nothing to lose, um, which is right out of college. <laughs> when you hit rock right, bottom. Right, you, yeah, right. If you lose a job, lose a marriage, you know, whatever. Um, I've done both. Um, <laughs> but whenever you're really, um, you know, where, where you don't want to be, that's a good time or that's the best of the, uh, you know, the questionable times to go out there and do it. Um, so take that risk. That's one of my mantras is uh, go out on the limb because that's where the fruit is. And uh, eventually, eventually, stumbled on to seminar marketing, and I wasn't any better of a financial advisor than uh, any other financial advisor out there. Now, fast forward to about age twenty-five, um, but I was a phenomenal marketer, and it wasn't because of me. I was just simply following in the footsteps, lockstep, uh, literally. Well, I shouldn't say literally, um, but a uh, just add water and stir to this gentleman's recipe. His name was Jack Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, kind of godfather of, uh, seminars, successful money management, uh, for anybody in this industry. Uh, and we were doing seminar after seminar lobby was jam packed. we were bringing in all kinds of new clients. Um, not again, again, not because we were such great financial advisors, uh, but because we we're great marketers mm-hmm. and very good financial advisors. And let's face it. You have to be competent. You have to be ethical. You have to be intelligent. Um, you have to provide some value uh, just to get in the game. Right? I mean, let's just say pretty much the vast majority of financial advisors or accountants or lawyers or real estate professionals or mortgage brokers. They at least meet that bar. Correct. So that doesn't make you stand out because you simply got a really good score on your, you know, regulatory, uh, uh, exam or uh, to, you know, sell mortgages or whatever. That's all great. That just gets you in the game. Now you better come up with a real marketing plan. Unfortunately, uh, getting back to um, hating rejection, uh, I was not, um, I was not into really asking for referrals or going out there and trying to grab hand to this guy or that lady, um, and look them in the eye and, and, uh, say, Hey, why don't, why don't uh, we get together and talk about your finances? That was just too uncomfortable for me, hmm. uh, basically. Um, a little bit of that insecurity that most people have. Um, and I looked, you know, I said I'm 51 now, but back when I was 25 years old, I really, I looked like I was barely, you know, I graduated high school five foot one, 110 pounds. So <laughs> when I went to people's house, that's true. I gave blood, uh, my senior year of high school and I tried to give blood and they wouldn't. They turned you away. I tried to. <laughs> It turned me away. I got a sticker that said I tried because I didn't weigh enough. You needed to weigh 115 pounds oh, wow. to give blood. i um, in high school. <laughs> so anyway, uh, going you know, so seminars were my thing because I knew my stuff. I wanted to help people. That's what drove me. Personal finance, selling homes, mortgages, any of that kind of stuff, um, that's not inherently uh, something that they teach you in high school or college of, of how to handle that and the ins and outs. And I wanted to help my parents with their social security, the Medicare, uh, you know, just saving in the 401k is a regular Roth better than a, I'm sorry, is a Roth IRA better than a traditional IRA? All that kind of stuff that my parents didn't know, my aunts and uncles didn't know. I knew what was right and what was wrong, just like all the other advisors. But if I could get in front of an audience and scale my knowledge, that's what we'll call scale my knowledge, and basically, Sell myself in bunches like bananas instead of just one at a time. I could sit there and wait and have a conversation with this person and have a conversation with the next person. And then with the, or I could be in front of 30 or 40 people and and uh, display my knowledge, like I said, in, in, in bunches like bananas. So that was fantastic. Um, we picked up many, 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 many clients, a lot of assets under management, started getting into corporations, did a great job uh, with a um, kind of an implied endorsement of a corporation that would gather their employees together to come and hear uh, from uh, financial advisors. Our seminars were a hundred percent educational, no meal or anything like that. So that was uh, brought us up to a higher credibility of being that uh, professor, if you will, and everything was going great. Many, many years and then uh, people stopped coming to our seminars because everybody was fishing the same pond with the same lure, Interesting. we happened to be one of the first ones to that fishing hole, the seminar fishing hole, I'll call it, in, uh, in our area in Southeast Michigan, and then uh, our ROI uh, dropped significantly, our expenses went way up, so we had a big book of business, we just kind of wrote it out, um, then I started a uh, marble and granite uh, fabrication company um, with a, uh, a co-owner of our company, Jeff Grail. Uh good friend of ours, uh, mine and my uh, uh, co-founder, Mike, um, we, I met him because my wife and I own part of a bar uh, here in Michigan. You meet a lot of people at the bar. and uh, <laughs> That's the, the ones truth. Especially you to stick out and super happy. Yeah, you do. And uh, Jeff is one of the good guys that you meet at a bar. Canadian, so you can't go wrong there, right? Oh, but I don't know about that. You know, yeah, that. You know Canadian. the Canadians, what
2: did the Canadians give us? Justin Bieber? Is that who they gave us? <laughs> All my my Canadian
1: listeners,
2: (laughs) but this guy Jeff you're talking about. Jeff is is
1: Jeff Gordon.
2: Go ahead, Jeff Gordon. You said you guys gave us Jeff Gordon too. No, Jeff Braille, our Uh, business. Oh, oh, wow. I was like, Jeff Gordon. That seems like an American race car driver. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, but Jeff, I will tell you about this. And sorry to interrupt your story, but Jeff is an incredible salesman. We'll have to interview Jeff on this podcast just about sales. But that guy is like an undercover agent when it comes to sales. I felt like, man he sold me and I didn't even know I was
1: being sold. <laughs> so you met him at a bar. You, know you, you wouldn't meet a more genuine uh, person than Jeff. And all of that sales comes 100% from the heart. Yep. And he really does want to see other people's success. It's just his it's awesome. natural uh, ability. He is awesome. So in any event, uh, Jeff and I uh, have the largest marble and granite fabrication company west of the mississippi it was in uh las vegas um and uh we bought all the equipment in 2007 oh great timing Um, even the best salesman in the world (laughs) can't keep that thing alive Um, (laughs) when the economy is crashing and basically put uh, jeff and i both into you know insolvency i mean we lost everything Mm. and uh everything from jeff taking his kids to church in uh shoes with holes in the bottom of it and just not knowing what Coming from being a millionaire, one of the, uh, he was the first person to have, uh, uh, Tim Horton's store in Michigan, and he had several Tim Horton's stores, sold that off, wow. Marvel and Granite, lost wow. everything, put everything we had at risk, uh, my wife and I, his wife as well. And, uh, and then that's kind of when we started the first iteration after that of, um, it, it took a while for that one to basically go away. Uh, so around 2012, 2013, is when uh, we started this concept of uh, of, uh, work site-based education, which eventually morphed into Social Security 567, which eventually, which is a seminar company for Social Security and Financial Advisors, which then finally turned into what we have today, which is White Glove Workshops, which will uh, very shortly be turned into uh, or evolve into White Glove marketing. So you're exactly right, Luke, serial entrepreneurs, take a chance, go out on the limb. Uh, that's where the fruit is. And I'll tell you what, uh, it was a lot scarier, uh, watching the second business, um, you know, uh, fail, um, when you have a wife and kids Mm. and mortgage and all that kind of thing. Um, so there's never a good time, but if you do the right thing for the right reasons and you stick with it, um, you know, America rewards those types of folks, no doubt about it. Dude, man, it's amazing. I love hearing his story. Yeah. <laughs> I was going
2: to so say, how do we amazing. start picking that thing? Yeah, apart? no, it's, it's so, there's so many
0: uh, gems in there. that. It's
2: so inspiring. It, it's just even as I get to know you more, just I didn't realize that the massive failure that happened <clears> to you in the and I say failure, failure is too strong a word because it wasn't necessarily on you guys, but just the the you know all of a sudden yeah the massive failure of (laughs) the recession (laughs) yeah (laughs) that happened to you guys in the in the company going like that and you go from millionaire type status to literally going to church with you know your kids have holes in their shoes. I mean that is an incredible moment in your life you know, how does one, like, how do you pick yourself up? Because, you know, I want to talk about White Glove Workshops, but, I mean, we might have some people in the audience right now that are find themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you pick yourself up at that moment? How did you get the drive to start White Glove Workshops? Like, what was it? Was it out of necessity? Like, what made you want to do your own business? Again, you're a smart guy. You could go get a job probably off of your resume.
1: So how did you pick uh-huh. yourself up? <laughs> Go get a job. That's exactly, that's the last thing I'd want to go do. Well, another part of the backstory is uh, I've been fired from every job I've ever uh, had. Um, from, uh, just working at restaurants, um, to that, uh, uh, to that wallpaper and blind factory, um, with uh, my cousin. He actually got fired because he was my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my <laughs> uh, I don't really fit the mold too much of, uh, Corporate America, I guess. I don't think many entrepreneurs entrepreneurs wrote, you know. That word. Uh, I do, that, that word, <laughs> it's a hard word to say, but I agree with the point <laughs> you're making. And don't ask me to spell it either. <laughs> but, uh, I think most entrepreneurs um, don't really fit well with the uh, corporate America. And uh, you know, it's just a sickness, it's a passion, it's a drive um, to create something. And, uh, to believe in yourself and, and to believe in the United States of America. And you look around and say, if that guy can do it, I can do it. I think it's really important to have, uh, I wouldn't even call it important. It's critical, uh, to have a spouse or friends or parents, um, that are a hundred percent on board and you know, your support system. Oh, I agree. It, it, life is hard enough out there. Entrepreneurialism is so hard. I mean, it is a grind every single day. Today was a, a grind. Yesterday was an incredible grind. Um, and if, uh, if my wife was saying, why are you doing that? Don't do that. Go get a job. Why are just wasting your time or anything like that? Um, you just couldn't go on. So you mm-hmm. need that support system. You need your own personal drive, um, almost like a, you know, like a a sickness, a passion, an obsession. Um, You know, you hear all these, you you see all these memes and you hear all these stories about if, um, you know, if if there's a failure, you've only learned a a new way that doesn't work. Every failure is really a success. A a failure is only a failure if you get knocked down uh, and not back up. Um, Getting knocked down is just part of the program. Uh, not getting back up—that's that's your real failure. So uh, always get back up, yep. and never you know never stop believing in yourself. Um, I've never had a problem with that, and so that, that's kind of that's kind of my thing. And I just hope that uh, that if you know if if things continue to go well, uh, that I someday just hopefully am satisfied. You know, mm. that, uh, that's that's kind of the risk yeah. of an entrepreneur is just putting everything at risk again and again and again. Yeah. Uh, now, some people will tell you that most multimillionaires, um, not only do they have five sources of revenue, uh, but they've gone broke at least twice in their professional career. Mm. Now, my dad was a corporate guy, and he used to say, hey, you know, I respect what you're doing. He said, I'm working on my second million. I gave up on my first, <laughs> you know. So that's the other way to do it too. Um, that's so good. But uh, hopefully, the uh, you know the risk taking will pay off, and it certainly is in spades. Uh, well, it seems like you're, It seems
2: like you're enjoying yeah. the you enjoy the ride. And that's so critical, I think, to point out. Just watching, guys, watch this interview on YouTube. If, you, if you're listening to it in your cars right now, like watch it on YouTube. Just to watch his facial expressions. Like you enjoy the w- ride. There's a sincere smile there. But I want to hit a point that you said that I find in my own life. So here I'm running a business as well, and, and it's tough, right? But I have a same type of mindset you have, which I look around the table. I tell my wife this all the time. If Steve Jobs can do what he did, I can do it. If Bill Gates can do that, I, I can yeah. do it. If Zuckerberg can do that, I can do that. Meaning like it's a weird, it's not even, a, it is egotistical in a way, but it's a weird, like I've always had that thought, like if that, per, that person can do it, it was right. when I got into sales and I got into sales and i look at the people who could sale, like do their sale and I was like, I can do that. Mm. I can do that. They can do that. I can do that. So that attitude, like you just have to have that mindset of anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> But it's incredible, man. That's absolutely incredible. Well, let's talk about because I want to get to White Glove, and your story is so incredible. So you've built a successful financial investment firm, you know, ups and downs, highs and lows. You start this company called, you know, social, what is it, social three six, what? Give me the name again. Social Social Security567. Social Security 567, which was a seminar that you did. And did you do that as in the sense of to grow your business, your investment business? Or were you already starting to think, hey, I had so much success growing my business, my financial business with seminars. I'm going to put together a seminar for other people to do. Had you already gone
1: there at that moment? Well, we started, uh, like I said, somewhere around 11 or 12, uh, just using Social Security 567. By the way, the 567 is because there's 567 ways for a married couple to file for Social Security. Uh, wow. It such a confusing subject for <clears throat> your parents, my parents. Um, we uh, That's why we named it that. And then uh, we got back into the seminar business. Remember I said we took a pause? Yep. Because uh, the ROI and expense from the traditional snail mail and all that. And one day I said to Mike, I said, I wonder if we can get people to register for a class uh, using something other than uh, the old-fashioned uh, snail mail, right? Uh, we call pay and pray. Maybe we can do it digitally. Everything's digital, right? Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, maybe not as far back as MySpace, um, but uh, we were thinking about it back then. And did you have uh, a MySpace, FCO. Dean? Dean, did you have a MySpace? Uh, I do. Yeah. I uh, active, you still right? keep it up, <laughs> up on MySpace? <laughs> right.
2: Um, <laughs> So we had. Uh, I think you can check out the Acree Brothers on MySpace. Yeah, you too. can. The, the Acree Ac- Brothers are on MySpace. When I used to think I was a musician, <laughs> <laughs> think is the key word there. You got, you, got to,
1: you got to play a little snippet
2: of that for us next yeah. time. I see it. Yeah, seriously. So you have the Social Security three six five, or I'm already messing it up. 567, five six seven. Five six seven. Five six seven. Yeah. Five six seven. That is. So then that translates into being this white glove workshops, and white glove workshops. What's been around
1: three years now. It's absolutely exploded. It's been around three years because basically once we figured out how to get highly qualified, uh, eager individuals into a library or community center, again, for myself as a financial advisor and the other seven sub reps in our office, we said, I wonder if we can do that for other people around the country, other financial advisors, and then uh, White Glove Workshops. Was born and we quickly put on our our um, not only our entrepreneurial hat but also financial planning hat and said, you know what? How do we make white glove workshops an absolute irresistible offer and provide massive value for a busy professional? We said we listed all the things that we hated about seminar marketing as financial advisors. Um, we hated paying all that money up front. Uh, we hated having to basically plan a small wedding uh, every time we wanted to do a seminar and everything that can go wrong there. We hated looking at the uh, the weather. Are people going to show up? Right. Um, we hated all that, and we hated hey, we could go through all that, and then and then nobody becomes our clients, and we're out five or ten thousand um, dollars. So. Really, White Glove Workshops is not only a a digital um, marketing company for financial advisors, and we're expanding into social media management, practice management, coaching, education, all kinds of cool stuff as we morph or evolve into White Glove Marketing. But our core business is such a massive value because we completely changed the business model of seminar marketing. We're now White Glove for real estate professionals, financial advisors, orthopedic surgeons, mortgage brokers, estate planners. We've got many, many verticals now. Um, We said, you know what, we're going to do absolutely everything for you. Hold a white glove, all those things I just mentioned, and we're also going to front all the money, and you don't pay us. Until after the seminar, and you only pay us based on if we did a good job. That's amazing. So you're going to give <laughs> us somewhere between 250 and 300 bucks for every household that shows up. Um, you absolutely have to do education only. You're not allowed to sit there and do a pitch on your, on a product or on yourself, because one of our core values is giving at Lake Lovelace. And we want to give the community exactly what they expect when they show up at a library or a community center, which is unbiased, ethical, professional education and knowledge about social security, Medicare, dollar cost averaging, um, how much money do I need for retirement, when should I pull it out, how should I pull it out, what about the new tax rules, how does that impact my social security? That's what I really want to learn. I don't want to learn about your annuity. I don't want to learn about your mutual fund. I just want that knowledge. Maybe I'll meet with you after. Love and it's it. been going great.
2: So walk them through because, guys, this is super relevant. All of you are wondering, how do I generate leads for my business? Hosting a seminar is a super tangible, practical way. He's built a half-a-billion-dollar book of business off of it and more. So, Dean, could you walk them through you know, hey, if they were a white glove client, right, this is not necessarily a pitch, but I think in your pitch of your company, you're going to educate them, even if they didn't use you, you're going to educate them exactly what it looks like, like how you, what you do and how you host a seminar and all the details with that. So could you walk them through kind of the idea of hosting a seminar and what you guys do for people?
1: Sure. Uh, White glove workshops takes care of all the logistics of basically putting together an audience of somewhere between 20 and 50 people in a room, you tell us how many you want there. Um, we'll actu- actually uh, um, train and uh, coach what we call the host, which is the client, uh, the presenter of, for White Glove workshops. So the host is typically a financial advisor in this example that's going to show up at the local library and do a presentation on how to reduce taxes in retirement. They'll tell us how many people, or she'll tell us how many people they want in that uh, educational facility. We'll put them in there. Uh, they'll do the presentation. That's all they have to do. They have to basically show up and uh, and present the educational information. Some of the folks in the class might raise their hand and say, "You're a pretty knowledgeable person. I'd like to uh, come in and and do a one-on-one consultation where you can uh, go over my personal finances." And then the next day they pay us for the service that we provided to them. Um, We don't just end there, though. We have a full nurturing campaign. I absolutely love what Reminder Media does. I'm trying to give a plug here, but man. But we appreciate uh, it. Go ahead, Dean. (laughs) For the financial planning industry, even though you guys have been around 20 years and you have thousands and thousands of real estate um, uh, subscribers and clients, um, it is an, a completely new concept in innovation in financial planning um, to help nurture our clients and prospects. And I am so excited about it. I think it's fantastic. So we nurture them with Reminder Media magazines, we nurture them with our own electronic, um, what we call pen system, uh, which is a post-event nurturing campaign. We hook up uh, webinars and lead gen and like to just kind of circle back to the very beginning of this podcast, when I say, you know, the sooner I realized that I was a marketer first and any of your podcast subscribers and listeners that are service professionals, you need to realize that you're a marketer first and a service provider second.
2: No, it's you know, it's beautiful, man. I agree wholeheartedly. I think, you know, Grant Cardone, if you guys know, I mention Grant Cardone all the time. He said when he was in real estate, he used to think real estate was like a real estate game. He he realized when he started having success in real estate, it's a sales game, which is the if sales and marketing are like this. I mean, it's it's literally tied together at the hip, but it's the same type of idea. What I love, guys, what if you're if you're not catching what he's throwing down, it literally is that Seminars, what he's done to grow his book of business is he literally puts together an educational-based seminar. And I'll make the point because I think it's really critical that you understand that it's purely educational. Most people fail by going and doing a pitch as a seminar instead of an educational seminar. And people can see through that and they won't keep coming back. So maybe you'll have success one time when you throw on a seminar and it's all a pitch, but you won't have success over and over again. So it being educational-based, but then he takes care of and his company takes care of booking of the venue so yeah. they find the library they find the community center they take care of putting butts in the seats generating they, the leads yeah they literally advertise yeah. on what do you guys use facebook for advertising email marketing what do you guys use for that
1: for, uh, social media platforms social media okay. um face, you know, facebook uh, google ad exchange even instagram of course are part of uh, facebook yep. email campaign all different uh, methods. We do it a little differently for our lead gen and our webinars versus our live events. But uh, what are are some of the differences
0: without, I mean, without giving away the secret sauce, what are some of the differences if you're doing a webinar versus a a live event just for the audience to kind of think about?
1: At the end of the day, I truly believe financial planning is about uh, um, a personal relationship sitting across the table from somebody and looking them in the eye I'm not afraid of robo-advisors or anything like that, uh, taking away our jobs um, because it is such a personal thing. And robo-advisors or a computer program might be good at helping you asset allocate something or like a TurboTax. But once you say, hey, I might retire at age 60, but I think my elderly parent might need to move in with us. Dad's getting sick, mom will (laughs) live with us. Oh, and we have special needs. Daughter, you know, you we broke the robot. The right. <laughs> yep. It gets so, no way you can put that into a computer program. And there's emotions there. But to there. answer the question, Josh, of what's the difference a little bit? Uh, the webinar and the lead gen is much, much colder mm. uh, than the, uh, I mean, why the heck would somebody go to a library or a community center to learn about retirement planning? You could easily get that on, you know, YouTube, any magazine, any of that kind of stuff. But they want to sit, a, you know, they want to see somebody and, and the you know, have yeah. that relationship. Yeah. Totally. A webinar is something completely different. So we really need to bring the personal touch to the webinars, but inherently it's going to be colder. Um, so it's a little bit more like what we're doing with this podcast where you're, uh, you can see each other. Obviously, anybody can just listen to it, but you get a little bit more of the vibe uh, when you actually can see the person. So that's the main difference. We need a bigger audience. Uh, because it's a, a lower closing ratio uh, with webinars, which are all in beta test right now. We did a great one uh, earlier this week. They had over 300 people registered for it. That's amazing. And set up a bunch of appointments. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. All digital. And that's that's part of White Glove Marketing uh, 2019, is helping people with their online presence, their webinars, uh, their LinkedIn profile, social media management. We're going to basically, once you're in the White Glove ecosystem, it's going to be like Apple. Uh, you know, we're going to be a one-stop place for all your needs and everything's going to be connected. It's awesome, man. So we're really
2: excited. And guys, to, to let you know, if you're a real estate agent listen to this, because I know we have a lot of real estate agents listening to this. My brother did a, a webinar, or, <clears> or sorry, not a webinar, a seminar. And he didn't do it through White Glove. It was before we knew them, but it was basically a first-time homebuyers. And we had, I think, 17 people show up to that uh, seminar, and he got three leads off of it. So it's very tangible in real estate. The big fear is the fear that really White Glove's solving for you. Meaning the big fear is the details is what if I, you know, I'm going to go through all this pain of trying to find a venue. What do I actually talk on? I got to build a presentation. How do I actually get people to show up? I got to spend money to get people to show up. What if nobody shows up? Then I wasted my time, my energy. I'm better off just picking up the phone, making a cold call. That's probably how the the mind works. White Glove is literally stepping in and going, we're going to do all that for you and pay us when we actually put people in the seats and the yeah. results you get when you're happy with well, and it. Then, and then, that's why you guys are exploding. The thing yeah.
0: that so many people miss is the post-event. I mean, what you're saying, after the, after the event is over. I mean, a lot of people do these, they'll kind of take what they got at the event and then they'll leave it at that. But yep. the strategy and what you actually have to do after the event to take that from – a relationship to a conversation or that, that, I guess, meeting that educational piece to more of a a one-on-one human conversation is the most Mm -hmm. important part, I would think,
2: from a successful seminar. And I want to make the point to the audience, listen, I think why we have so much synergy, Dean, as we've gotten to know each other a little bit is because, you know, Simon Sinek always says you want to find people who have the same type of why or believe the same thing you believe. Right. And so those who don't know Simon Sinek, look him up. He's he's has some amazing speaking stuff that he does. But if you notice his business, guys, is financial investing. His business is hosting seminars. But what is he saying? The core to businesses is relationships. And that's really Reminder Media. Yeah, we produce a magazine and we produce a digital digital products. But what's the core of our business? What's the core belief that we have? We believe that every deal is done off of relationships. And it's all about how do you foster, maintain, strengthen and build those relationships. That's what it's all about. Dean, man, it's been amazing to have you on. I have two questions I want to close out the podcast with you that we always close every podcast with. The first is, you know, everybody listening to this is always looking for what the magic formula to success is. And I always make the caveat to people look we all know there's no magic formula but you're super successful right and you've had ups and downs and still have proven to be successful is there a routine you do every single day maybe it's every week it's something that you do consistently in your life to really be successful both in your personal and your professional life
1: uh let's see Uh, i think it's a combination of uh coffee craziness (laughs) And I sleep with a CPAP, so good. You so know, the good three sleep
2: C's. The CPAP. Me, I, I cried the craziest CPAP. craziness in CPAP. <laughs>
1: okay. The three C's. Write um, a blog on actually, that. Actually, yeah. One of my, one of my favorite uh, sayings is attitude is everything. It really is. You asked about when you get knocked down and the support system and believing in yourself. I mean, not to sound like a meme, but it's so true. Um, attitude is 100% everything. The glass always has to be. Uh, half full, um, or three quarters full, even if it's just running on empty, you got to believe in yourself that way. Uh, so attitude is everything. I already mentioned it earlier. Um, you have to go out on a limb, um, because, uh, that's where the fruit is. Uh, take that risk, go out on a limb. It is a powerful. I, I saying. the things behind you there where it says take action, take action today. You guys know it better than I do. I mean, uh, uh good ideas are a dime a dozen, but people that implement them are priceless. Uh, that's hmm. all about taking action. Man, write that quote down. Someone put that
2: quote on our Instagram. We're going to claim that quote, yeah, Dean.
1: Make sure that you say that's from Dean Thurman of Wakeley like Workshop in At Luke Acre. <laughs> um, and then just the attitude uh, of, of the company, right? The core values. Um, but I heard this somewhere else, and I absolutely love it. Um, and that is, uh, as a leader of a company like Luke, you are. Um, I am a couple of companies and, and we all, all the entrepreneurs listening, um, you have to remember, although we all have egos and, and, uh, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss to a certain degree. You don't know how hard it's going to be, but, um, none of us are as smart as all of us, Mm. right? So when you're sitting there with the other folks that work for you, uh, no matter who they are or what position they're in, they all have great ideas. And uh, it's your job as a leader of the company to implement them. Um, but, uh, you know, you're not as smart as you plus a couple of your employees. So none of us are as smart as all of us. But oh, that's so that's good. three man. things. And good or everything. good on a limb because that's where the fruit is. And none of us are as smart of a, as us. As, you know, <laughs> as all of us.
2: <laughs> I love it. All right. So last question, man. We're going to close with this. Knowing what you know now, the journey you've been on. Right. And so now you look back at your younger self. That couldn't even get donate blood, you know. What would you tell that kid? What would you tell that? You know. What advice would you give them? Um, you know. What would you tell them to run away from? What would you tell them to dive deeper into? Like, what would you? What advice would you give
1: them? Um, well, that's that's an excellent, super awesome question, and I mean, uh, really, uh, it sounds a little bit flippant, but um, don't worry so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, you know, you have to believe in yourself and uh, it's going to be awesome, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your health, which which I've been good at, um, but uh, don't worry so much. Just get out there and do it. So many people don't start businesses or don't um, expand their business because of fear. Just don't worry about it. Go for it. You don't want to be on your deathbed uh, regretting things you didn't do, right? Yep. That's what they say. Nobody regrets what they did. They regret what they <laughs> what they didn't do. Um so that that's what I would tell my younger self, believe in yourself, go out there, kick ass. It's gonna be awesome. Um, <laughs> enjoy the ride, you know. It's it's going to be great. Uh, Dude, I love that. Such a great story. Thanks for sharing
0: that with us, Dean. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Loved hearing your story. Loved hearing uh, everything that you've gone through to get here to this point. And I know people are going to take a lot of gems, a lot of inspiration out of that. Before we close, uh, let people know where they can connect with you or find out more about White Glove.
1: Yeah, uh, probably uh, just our website at whitegloveworkshops.com. We are doing a lot of real estate. Seminars right now, they're going great. We're getting phenomenal feedback uh, from, from brokers and sales folks, uh, budding up with uh, mortgage brokers to share the cost. It's been going great, That's both great. in the United States and Canada. That's awesome. So, LakewellWorkshops.com.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today on Stay Paid, please go on iTunes, give us a five star rating, and make sure to leave a comment. You can also find this podcast in video on youtube.com slash reminder media and make sure to tell someone else about the podcast today please we will ask for the referral we'll ask for that yes this, we, so we will
2: definitely time. ask for the referral
0: if you'd like <laughs> to get a hold of luke or i please email us at podcast at or find us on instagram or linkedin luke is at luke Acre, i am at josh steik and of course you can check out reminder media on social media we are at reminder media on facebook instagram twitter linkedin and Pinterest. For this
2: episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acri. Guys, and as I sit here and think about the action item, because we always want to get action items. find one. Yeah, I mean, I can how find do you one. find them? Um, there's so many good action <laughs> items. One is, and, and this is, guys, you got to understand, like, you know... With White Glove, we just started to get to know them. that's how impressive they are. And I, I really think the action item should be going and checking out White Glove and giving them a try. I think it will be worth your time and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think there's another thing he said in there, which I think is really, really powerful that shouldn't be overlooked, is that support system. And so, you know, if you were looking today, you know, from an action item to grow your business, go check out White Glove. If, if you haven't tried a seminar, try a seminar. It will be worth it for you. But you know, when you look at your professional career and you look at your personal life and from an action item on that standpoint, do you have a support system? And if you don't, you need to seek that out and you need to build that in your life. You need to find a coach, a mentor, a friend. You need to find an accountability partner because that will really take you far in this world. And so, guys, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today.